The message you're about to listen to is produced by Sierra Iso Media. Seven habits of highly successful men. Seven habits. Seven habits of highly successful men. Seven habits. Okay. What is success? Success is the progressive accomplishment of goals and targets that are in line with your God-given destiny. Success is the progressive accomplishment of goals and targets that are in line with your God-given destiny. Number two. Success is a day-to-day I want you to pay attention to the definitions. The day-to-day accomplishment of goals and targets that are in line with your God-given destiny. Success is a relative term. It's a relative word. Someone can say, how was the marriage? It was successful. So, a marriage can be successful. How was the exam? Say it was fine. I made a success of it. You see? So, success is obtaining a goal. Success is obtaining a goal. It is having things turn out as planned. It is having things turn out as planned. Hallelujah. What is a habit? A habit is a repeated pattern of behavior. A habit is a repeated pattern of behavior. Joshua 1 verse 8. Joshua 1 verse 8. If you are there, say amen. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein how? Day and night. Consistency. You see? A habit is a consistent pattern of behavior. It says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Say day and night. Say it again, say day and night. Consistency is the key to success. Consistency. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Notice it, good success, a good success. Yeah, good success. See, you cannot sustain success without consistency. You cannot sustain success without consistency. And you can see this in athletes. You know, there's an athlete I like following, um, and um, she's a three... Uh, I think she sometimes runs 1,500, 3,000, and 5,000 meters. And um, I got concerned because I remember when she first won, I think she brought out the picture. You know, you saw that she was religious. She was a Christian. So I got, I got interested. This person, I love it when Christians win. Don't, don't blame me. I love Jesus. All right? But I noticed that after a while, she started dropping. And now recently they're saying there's just a hype about her because she's not performing at the level she's expected to perform. Consistency. 
see, sometimes you are achieving a particular level of success and um, you begin to get com- comfortable. And when you start getting comfortable, not doing what you did to get there, you're preparing for a great fall. So we're looking at seven habits of highly successful people. And here we see God talking to Joshua. And um, he said, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Someone, we're going to read from verse 1. Someone from verse 1. It says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Notice the word walketh means walks. Say consistency. Say again, say consistency. No stand that stands. No stands in the way of sinners. No sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate how? Day and night. Say consistency. We're looking at the seven habits of highly successful people. Successful men, because this is the Father's Day, so the focus is men, and this principle applies to anyone. Because a principle is a universal law. In other words, a principle will work for anyone. God is no respect to our persons. And it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. He brings forth his fruit in his season. You see that? So, if there's a delay in the manifestation of your promises and realization of your goals in your season, then it's possible there's inconsistency in your life. Do you know the key to health is consistency in the word? My son, pay attention to my words. Incline thine ears unto my sin. See? It tells you, pay attention, attend to my words, incline thine ears unto my sins. Let them know the path from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For their life to them that find them. And health, consistency is the key to health. See, if you're falling sick here and here, here and there, here and there, consistency is the key to health. You can eat junk food. I eat, I eat intelligently. I don't eat everything. I don't drink everything. Beside alcohol, I don't drink everything. I don't take alcohol. I've never tasted alcohol. I don't think I've tasted alcohol. I don't drink beer. I've never tasted beer. I don't know what it tastes like. I'm a teetotaler. But I don't drink everything in the sense that there are even certain things I don't drink. I don't take energy drinks. You see that? There's a side effect to it. Consistency. The Lord told me, when you get to 30 to 40, take care of your body. So you can sustain it in your 80s and 90s. So what you're putting into your body today will affect in your latter years. Consistency. Seven habits of highly successful men. Hallelujah. Is leave also shall not weed out whatsoever I do it shall prosper. Number one, make God a priority in your life. Highly successful men make God a priority in their lives. Highly successful men, Christian men. They make God a priority in their lives. Let me show you something about consistency and James 1 verse 25 
and I'll show you about this. We'll take our point one. It says, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and does what? And continueth where? Therein. What do you call that? Consistency. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed where? In his deeds. Success. Okay. Number one, make God a priority in your life. Successful people make God a priority in their lives. Matthew 6 verse 33. What does it say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I've always told you your priority is what determines your prosperity. Prosperity is a reward for having the right priorities. Prosperity is a reward for having the right priorities. It says, seek ye first. The word is proton. Seek ye first. You see that? Seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. What's the kingdom of God? The rule and the reign of God. See? So first you come under God's authority. And his righteousness. Secondly, prioritize his standards. He said, all these things shall be added unto you. The richest man in Malaysia, Francis Yeo. Yeo spelled Y-E-O-H. He's a man that I love watching his interviews. And as one of the interviews, they asked him, in fact, I think I've seen two, and um, he will tell you, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It says, it says you, um, you put God first and the blessings will follow. And it's true. For you to be the richest man as a Christian in a Muslim nation, there's something I can learn from you. Malaysia is a Muslim nation. And the richest man in the Muslim nation is a Christian. And the whole world knows it. And he's not ashamed to say he's a Christian. You see that? There are many of us in Nigeria who would not publicly say they are Christians because they are looking for connections because the person want to get a connection from is a Muslim. But Nigeria is not a Muslim country. According to our constitution, um, or what we call ourselves internationally, it's supposed to be like a secular state, but there are some things in our constitution that look like Islam. Are you aware of that? Okay, but naturally, we don't have restraints like these other countries. And yet, the richest man in a Muslim country is a Christian who is not ashamed to say he's a Christian. Seven habits of highly successful men. They make God a priority in their lives. So you make God a priority in your life. Are you ashamed of God? You know, there's some people that get some places, they don't want to pray, they don't want to say anything, Jesus. Are you a Christian? Ah, uh, we are all serving the same God. It depends how you look at it because you want contract. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, 2 Chronicles 26, verse 5. 2 Chronicles 26, verse 5. It says, And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding the visions of God, and as long as he sought, as long as he sought the Lord, seek you first the kingdom of God, his righteousness. It says, God made him to what? To prosper. As long as he sought. Do you see that? As long as he sought. That's the condition there. As long as he sought. 
God made him. So you stop seeking, God stops. Seven habits of highly successful men. Are you out there? All right, give this to me, the New Living Translation. Let's see it there, and let's see how it goes. It says, Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him to fear God, and as long he taught him to fear God, to fear God is to prioritize and respect him and treat him highly. As long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, what did he say? God gave him what? Success. Second Chronicles 16 verse 9. Look at this. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking to see himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are what? Perfect toward him. All right. Having said that, you can look at Psalm 63 verse 1. Look at David quickly, please. Psalm 63 verse 1. It says, Oh God, doubt my God, early will I seek thee. They prioritize God. They prioritize God. Number two. Manage your family affairs effectively. Manage your family affairs effectively. Successful men manage their families effectively. Because success without a successor is not sustainable. In fact, success without a successor is a failure. So you've got to manage your family affairs effectively. I've told you about Peter J. Daniels and his family, Francis Yeo and his family. See, success will manage their family affairs. They've got time for family. Make time for family. Amen. I said, Amen. You don't want at the end of your life to be regretful. Then you've got to maintain or manage your family affairs effectively. Now, they say that when people want to die, there are three things they're concerned about. One, whether they've lived and fulfilled their destiny. Two, whether they spent enough time with their family. And three, their destination. And when I learn the three things that people always think about when they die, I put them first while I'm young. So as a child from 17 years old, I've made a focus of my life to do what God called me to do. That's why I never went anywhere to do any other job. I just went straight to ministry because if at the end of your life, you want to know whether you live your life or for your destiny. Number two, and um, family. So I started preparing for family. I read books about marriage. And um, if you know me, you know that I, I, I prioritize family. Three, I'm concerned about my destination. I started very early. So every decision I make, I think of the future. What will, how will this decision affect my children? If I do this thing, how will it affect my children? So instead of living my life backwards, I want to live it forward. See? Manage your family affairs effectively. Genesis 18 verse 19. Genesis 18 verse 19. All right. Give it to me in the New King James so that it can get concept. We've got to run. It says, for I know him in order that he may command his children and household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. Notice he commands them after him too. This is that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. In other words, he wants what God has said about his generation to be fulfilled. So the man prioritizes his family. All right. Now give it to me very quickly in the New Living Translation, NLT. He says, watch this. 
I have singled him out so that he would direct his sons and their families to keep the way of the Lord. By doing what is right and just, then I will do for Abraham all that I promised. You see that? So they manage their family affairs effectively. All right. First Timothy 3, 4 to 5, very quickly. Speaking of the men that were leading God's house, here's what he says. He says he must manage his own family how? Well. He must manage his family well. Is there a time for family? Is there a time you sit down with your children or you sit down with your spouse? Is there a family time? I was talking yesterday, my children were there and I was talking, I was like, Jesus, I love you. I love you. One day I'll see you face to face. And um, I didn't know my daughter knew that that meant going to heaven. And she said, Daddy, when you go to heaven, how would you talk to us? So I started explaining some things and to my daughter. See, there's family time. Make time for family to teach your children. He says, he must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. Next verse, please. If a man cannot manage his own, fam- his own household, how can he take care of God's church? You see that? So, there are certain things God will entrust to you if you will not manage family well. Number three. Maintain a clear focus on your God-given assignment. Maintain a clear focus on your God-given assignment. Philippians 3 verse 12. Philippians 3 verse 12. As an individual, I'm focused. I'm not considering running for local government chairman in my community. It's not a dream. It's not an ambition. It's not a consideration. So what, is, what are you dreaming, thinking about? Impacting the whole world, beginning with individuals. Look at this. It says, not as though I'd already attained, either we're already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. See, he knew that Jesus redeemed him for a purpose. So his focus was to reach that, that, that destiny. Let's look at the next verse, please. Brethren, I, I count myself not of apprehended, but this one thing I do. He says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Focus. Focus. I heard a minister of God say something. He said, one of the reasons men fail is broken focus. You see, distraction is the enemy of destiny. So you must be focused. You must be focused. This is what I want, God has called me to do. This is what I'm sticking to. I'm following it. I'm preparing for it. Doing everything it takes to, if, you, if you watch anything with me, maybe even if I'm watching even a movie, you will see that my Christianity comes out everywhere. In the midst of the movie, there are some things you won't, you, I won't watch. But, 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 but if I'm watching a movie and I'm saying, oh, this is wrong. This is a false ideology. This is a demonic ideology. And this is wrong. This is what they're trying to, you're like, what are you? Yeah, because my values is coming out here. Focus. It's consumed me. That's consumed me. Hallelujah. The Bible says, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Verse 14, I press. You see that? I press toward the mark for the prize of the what? High calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
We're looking at the seven habits of highly successful people. The man says you want to get to the high calling, you've got to be focused. What has God called you to do? Pour yourself into it. Because I learned from a young from a man, a man of God many years ago, to, to, to pour yourself into your assignment. That's the way to get your best out of life. I learned from Catherine Coleman. She said, put your best into life, you get the best out of life. So I focused. I focused my heart and mind on my assignment. Hallelujah. Very quickly, Genesis 49, 3 to 4. Very quickly. Genesis 49, 3 to 4. It says, Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of my dignity, and the excellency of power. Verse 4. Unstable as, the, as, the, as water, thou shalt not excel. You see that? It was unstable. Unstable as water. Because thou wentest up unto thy father's bed, and defiled thou it, he went up into my couch. He went to sleep with one of his father's concubines, and lost his destiny. You're focused. Will this thing affect my destiny? Then I will not do it. Will that one affect my destiny? And I will not. You're focused. You see? If Samson left Delilah alone, he would have had a better future. Look at your neighbor, say focus. Say it again, say focus. First Corinthians 9.24, very quickly. First Corinthians 9.24. It says, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. Now, he wants to tell us how successful would obtain, how they reach their goal. Next verse. And every man that striveth for the mastery is tempered in all things. We'll come back to that in, in diligence and discipline, but that's not our focus yet. Now, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we are an incorruptible. Verse 26 is my focus for you. It says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly so far as I, not as one that beateth the air. There is a clear focus. You're not beating about the bush. You know exactly what you want to achieve. Who are you? I'm an apostle called to teach, preach, and heal. With the sole aim of becoming like Jesus. You see that? By exposing myself to the influence of God's word and his spirit. While I make a practice of love. So that I may inspire the body of Christ. To embrace the biblical mandate. To take the love of God. The word of God. And the healing power of God. To every individual within the sphere of contact. That's my identity. That's my focus. Nothing else. Hebrews 12.1 and 2. Very quickly. Hebrews 12.1 and 2. Successful people are focused. They are focused. The most decorated Olympian in history is Michael Phelps. And he used to spend five hours in the pool every day. Every day, five hours in the pool, five hours. He became the most decorated Olympian in the history of the world, in the history of the Olympic Games. If you want to do what no one has ever done, or reach what no one has ever reached, you must willing to do what no one has ever done. You must do more. See that? Look at this. Wherefore, seeing also we are compassed with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You see, sin is a distraction. See, when you consider sin a delay, when you consider sin a distraction, your attitude to sin will be different. You know, there are people who just feel, okay, you just sin, you ask God for forgiveness, and he'll forgive you. But you're delayed. You see? You know, people just, oh, you just ask God for forgiveness, you just ask God for, and he'll forgive you. He will, because he's a forgiver. Psalm 86, verse 5 says, The Lord is, mercy, is plenteous in mercy and ready to forgive. He's a forgiver. See? So if you, if you just, if that's your way, then you're not going to get destination. 
Hallelujah. It says, lay aside every weight. Weights are not sin. Weights are distractions. Say, weights are distractions. Who is he? Says, my, is my, we, are, we, are, we are going out. Are you going to marry? No. Why are, you going, why are you now wasting time with him? He's not going to be lonely. You're confused. You're either going out because you want to get married or forget it. So that's why I never really experimented with my heart to date this one, date this one, date this one, date this one, date until you're outdated. Because some people are outdated. They've dated so much. They know you, pepperoni, they know you say, oh, they just, that girl, now she be that. Who be this one again? She's outdated. Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy, watch this, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. The joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, you must prioritize your goals, prioritize your destiny. The distractions. You avoid the distractions. There's a shame in following God's plan. When I was coming to Bayosa, it was a mockery. How can you leave Benin and you're going to Bayosa? You're going backward. Bayosa is not as good as this now. Even now, they say they're concerned about Bayosa. But it's not as good as this now. So you go to, if you're going to Portacourt or you're going to Lagos or Abuja or going to the UK or America like everybody's doing, then what is God going to do in Bayosa? No, there's, there's, there's a focus. There's a joy. See, there's a focus. Highly successful people are focused. See, they're not looking for acceptance. They're focused on achieving their goals. Look at Hebrews eleven twenty-four. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Next verse. It says, choosing rather, hear this, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Why did he choose affliction? Next verse. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. He had to focus on his destiny. Give me the next verse. This is another beautiful one. It says, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of a king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Successful people are focused on their goals. Number four, mentally conceptualize. Mentally conceptualize what you desire to be, do, or have. Mentally conceptualize what you desire to be, do, or have. In other words, keep the pictures in your mind, what you want to do. Imagine it. Imagine it. Tell someone, imagine it. Tell someone else, imagine it. Yeah, successful people are dreamers. Successful people are dreamers. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, For as he thinketh in his heart, what does it say? So is he. For as he thinketh in his heart, what does it say? So is he. They are dreamers. Hebrews eleven twenty four. we just read. The Bible says that Moses endured as one seeing the invisible. He endured as one seeing the invisible. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, 17 to 19. Hebrews 11, 17 to 19. Are you there? If you are there, say Amen. Now look at this. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Next verse. It says, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall I seed be called. Verse 19. Focus is verse 19. Accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, for whence also he received him in a figure. 
The reason why Abraham was going to offer Isaac was because in his imagination, he had seen him raise Isaac from the dead. See, mentally, I conceptualize my future. I've seen us hold programs in the Abuja Stadium, the Potako Stadium, the Stadium in Ibadan. I've seen us minister in many huge arenas in the world. I imagine the lame walking, people getting out of wheelchairs. I imagine these things. Why? Because the future that you see is the future that will be. See, successful people know this. So most of them have thinking chairs. For instance, somebody uh, asked um, a, a, a very wealthy man, and um, they asked Peter J. Daniels, he said, how come you become so successful? He said, I schedule time to think. He said, I schedule time to think. Why? Because thinking precedes all achievement. See, you must think it through in your mind. Imagine, you, you want to do something, you're going to school, you're in school, imagine your graduation day. You want to start a business, imagine, imagine it successful. You, you know that God has approved it. Imagine, see the end, see the, if, you're, if you're a pastor, see the crowd. I was already talking about the crowd and big meetings when we, when we were two or three are gathered. Because I knew the power of the imagination. Successful people know the power of the imagination. The Bible speaks of Jesus who for the joy that was set before him. He knew the power of imagination. Genesis 11 verse 6. It says, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one and a half but they all have one language, and this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have what imagined to do. Successful people understand the power of the imagination. So they imagine the future. You, you need to imagine what is your future going to be like. Many people don't do that. They set their goals and never imagine their goals achieved. You see, we you write your goals, imagine it. See? We had imagined Gloryland Cultural Center for a long time before we got there. And now my imagination is more stadiums. And Americans use the word stadiums. We use British English, we use stadia. But uh, excuse me, I want to use the American language. Stadiums. Hallelujah. Now give it to me in the Amplified very quickly. We have three more to go so we can finish this. It says... And the Lord said, Behold, they are, all, they are one people and they have, or they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. Watch this. this is only the beginning of what they will do. And now nothing they have imagined to do, they can do, will be impossible for them. So the greatest barrier to your possibility is your thinking. See? And that's why they tell people sometimes, some people have the right information, but they never make progress. The issue is that their imagination is still wrong. You see, because your imagination is what determines your location in life. So you need to change your imagination. Even when you read Ephesians 1.18, when it says the eyes of understanding, it's the eyes of your imagination. God even wants to change your imagination. Because until God changes your imagination, he cannot change your situation. So because of they conceptualize. See, even when Jesus wanted to, to break bread, to multiply bread, the Bible says he looked up to heaven. The word is anablepo. It means to see again. In other words, to see from another perspective. That means he also imagined. See, he saw that bread feeding the multitude. Highly successful people understand the power of imagination. Thank you for listening to this message. As we preach the full message of this new life, our goal is to raise the people who are like Jesus. 
by exposing them to the influence of God's Word and His Spirit in an atmosphere of love, so that they may be able to take the love of God, the Word of God, and the healing power of God to every individual within their sphere of contact. For more information on how you can get other messages by Apostle David Wally Fesso, visit us at Charismatic Renaissance International Church, Kilometer 9 and 10, along Isaac Boro Expressway, Birubulu, Yenegua Bioso State. You can also visit our website at crichurch.org. Follow us on Facebook at Charismatic Renaissance or call 0803-382-7072 or 0805-120-4708. God bless you.